Okay, let's talk about candles for a minute. Do you know that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills for the next 1 million years? It's insane. That's why I think it's really cool that Notes candles exist. They're working to eliminate single-use candle vessels and give home fragrance lovers a more earth-friendly option. Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel over and over again. It is super easy. The candles are made with fragranced wax beads, so all you do is place the wick in your reusable notes jar and fill it up with the wax beads and enjoy your fragrance for up to 36 hours. The Santal and Atlas Cedar scent is like this woodsy calming smell. It's so nice. And they have oat milk and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rose water, and a total of 13 really great options to choose from. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Right now, notes is giving our friends 15% off and free shipping when you buy a notes starter kit using the code that sounds fun. Just use that code that sounds fun when you're placing your order. That's that sounds fun at notescandle.com slash that sounds fun. Hi, friends. Happy Tuesday. Yes, Tuesday. Welcome to a surprise drop-in episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have got a great show. You've already read the title. You already know what's happening. I can't believe it either, you guys. But before we dive into this fun little announcement we have to share today, I want to tell you about one of our amazing partners, the Extraordinary Women Conference. Okay, so the most fun thing about the Extraordinary Women Conference on October 7th and 8th in Lynchburg, Virginia, is that I get to be there. I can't wait with Shonda Pierce, Shannon Bream, Margaret Feinberg, Allie Worthington. I'm sorry, all my best friends, Julie Clinton, and our guy, Phil Wickham. You guys, Phil and I are already stoked to be at the same event. So many amazing friends. The only thing that can make it more fun is if you join us too. If you live within a few hours of Lynchburg, Virginia, or if you're due for a little road trip, get your tickets now because I have it on good authority that they will sell out. The theme this year is pursuing an unfailing God. I know, it's gonna be so good. I cannot wait. Get that group text going with your friends and make your plans so that you can buy your tickets today. Tickets are only $69. And if you can't join us in person, the Extraordinary Women team is making it possible to attend via live stream with your church or small group for only $129. That's less than the price of two tickets. If you choose to attend virtually, you have access to the conference for 14 days. So even if you're not able to watch it live, you will still be able to watch it anytime over the next two weeks. With nearly 5,000 Extraordinary Women already registered, this is shaping up to be an event you do not want to miss. Me either. Again, I hope you'll join me and some of my favorite friends at the Extraordinary Women Conference coming up on October 7th and 8th. To register, simply go to ewomen.net. That's E-W-O-M-E-N dot net to register. And you can, of course, find that link in the show notes if you need it. And also, if you don't want to know where I'm speaking this fall or even into next year, you can just go to AnnieFDowns.com and all the information is there of where I'll be speaking. The surprise Tuesday party in your podcast feed is to let you know the latest and greatest news happening at the That Sounds Fun Network. If you're like, Annie, what does a podcast network even do? I'll tell you. We like to think of a network as an amusement park of podcasts, like each of the podcasts is a different ride or attraction. There's something for everyone. Snack stands, wild roller coasters, a carousel, a train, maybe even a water ride. But 
If you like one of the rides, there's a good chance you like the others too. There's Imagine Faith Talk with Kevin Alusala and Donovan D. Donnell, and The Best of You with Dr. Allison Cook, Where We Are with Michael and Melissa Ware, and many more. Be sure to check out ThatSoundsFunNetwork.com to see all the rides at this amusement park. We love having this group of like-minded hosts with a wide variety of passions and areas of expertise as part of the network. And then we get to help with the behind-the-scenes stuff like strategy and advertising and building community so they never feel like they're doing this podcast journey on their own. Well, drum roll, please, because the newest podcast I am smiling from ear to ear to join the That Sounds Fun Network is none other than the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. Probably sounds familiar because we've talked with two of the three hosts before and y'all love them just as much as we do. So David Thomas and Sissy Goff have both been guests on That Sounds Fun before. We'll link to those episodes in the show notes too. But based on the fact that we know over half this friend group is made up of parents and many of you who aren't parents are aunts, uncles, teachers, youth ministry volunteers and coaches and so on and so on who have have up close relationships and influence in the lives of many BFFs and young people, and you all have these huge hearts in common. Well, Sissy Goff and David Thomas and Melissa Trevathan, who all work together at Daystar Counseling Ministries here in Nashville, bring what they are learning through counseling countless children, teens, and their families to our ears on Raising Boys and Girls. It's a perfect addition to the network because we want to serve all of you who have kids in your lives in practical and helpful ways. We hope we're doing that with the Mini BFF podcast, but honestly, we want it to be the experts who teach all of us how to love kids well. So here's how this is going to work. We'll share a conversation with me, David, and Sissy, take a quick break, and then come back with a sneak peek at one of the upcoming episodes of Raising Boys and Girls. They are starting season five. We are honored to be a part of it. So here's my conversation with David Thomas and Sissy Goff, hosts of Raising Boys and Girls, the newest podcast on the That Sounds Fun Network. Sissy and David, welcome back to That Sounds Fun, the show. Thank you for having so us, So happy Amy. to be but here. But the real welcome. I can't believe I get to say, welcome, Raising Boys and Girls, to the That Sounds Fun Network. Woo! Y'all. I cannot believe this is happening. I can't no. either. This is just the coolest. Yes. Dreamed about it for so long. Oh, us too. I told y'all before we started that everybody who walks into the office, we already have your graphic hung up in the office. And literally multiple times in the last week, people have gone, oh! Raising boys and girls to join the network. We're like, hey, yeah, don't tell, don't tell, don't tell. <laughs> we just stood pointing at that graphic. We can't yeah, believe it. We no. just can't believe it. Okay, how long have y'all been doing a podcast? This is the fifth season. Okay. Yes. We started officially in what year? Well, probably six years ago. What year is it now? We've been counseling too long. Yeah, we don't yeah, remember yeah. much of anything. <laughs> I don't know. Four years of podcasting yes. for okay. sure. Four okay. seasons. Okay. Starting yeah. our fifth. And this today starts your fifth season. Yes. Tell me a little bit for our friends listening, what is the purpose of having a podcast for adults that helps kids? Mm. We have been counseling now, I have since 1993, and David has since 97. So we don't even like to add up the years we have collectively. <laughs> we, were, a we were six and seven when yes, we started. Yes, yes. You've done two generations of children, is oh, what we know, which yes. is amazing. That is, it is crazy. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, we're still doing it. I mean, we yeah. are still sitting with kids and families every day during the week in our offices, and, and we can reach a lot of families that way, but not nearly as many as we felt like we could with a podcast. And we were, Sarah Bragg is a dear friend and brought the opportunity to us. And so it felt like a place to get to help a lot of families. Mm-hmm. And 
And we are just grateful to now be at this many seasons and be with you. That means we're going to reach even more families because kids are hurting in ways and parents are hurting. I mean, we talk about that often that we have seen more parents feel discouraged, disheartened, feel like failures than ever before. And so getting to step into those spaces with families and provide some hope and some practical help. Yeah, because that's the joke of it all, right, David, is y'all aren't just counseling kids. (laughs) You are literally counseling families regularly. We are. How often do you see the parents of the kids that are in your office? You know, when we meet with kids, we'll come together with parents every third appointment to check in and just have an opportunity to hear from them. What are you seeing? What are you observing? And share ideas together. We also offer what we call parent consultations. And so it could be parents who are coming in who don't have kids in counseling and Mm -hmm. just want to be preventative and think about what could I be doing right now with kids in this space with these concerns we're raising. And we love any and all of those opportunities to sit with parents for the reason Sissy named, because they're just more overwhelmed than ever. Yeah. And and I think I'd add to that question to say, I think because they're o- more overwhelmed than ever, even the idea of reading a parenting book sometimes feels yeah. like I can't figure out how to squeeze that in. And yeah. the thought of us being able to just jump on the carpool drive with them while they're sitting yeah. in carpool or on the walk and just share 15 to 30 minutes worth of ideas and encouragement. That's so important to us. You know, I think so often parenting books, parenting conferences, parenting content of any kind can make parents feel more overwhelmed. And Mm. we're always wanting to make sure that parents are hearing us say, we want to laugh with you and learn with you. And we think both are possible. Yes. And that there's so much grace in the journey. How do y'all pick the topics you're going to talk about on the podcast? We've structured several seasons around books that we've written and and wanted to really develop more of that content in particular. And then we've had some really fun guests on and just had them talk about their journey of parenting, their journey of caring for kids. Yes. So that's so when you're looking at season five, what what kind of things are we going to talk about this season? Well, our books are often based on what we're seeing the need, where we're seeing the need the most. Y'all turn out books so quickly. Your publisher goes, oh, we need this now, and they are out. (laughs) It is amazing. Well, we just worry about kids and families. And and our most recent content has been, for me, with girls, because girls are leading the statistics on anxiety about anxious kids. And so Raising Worry-Free Girls is going to be a part of our next season. And then David has a brand new book that is amazing that I know y'all talked about called Raising Emotionally Strong Boys. And so we're going to be really talking about both in this next season of our podcast. So for our friends that are listening who are teachers, Hmm. what what are y'all seeing and saying to teachers right now who may be raising kids at home or not? But I mean, they're raising kids for eight hours a day, 180 days of this year. Yes. The first thing we're saying is we're grateful for you yeah. more than ever. Your yes. job's always been unbelievably hard and harder than ever. I, I'm so hopeful. I'm challenging parents all the time. Now that you've had an opportunity to be a teacher during the <laughs> pandemic, <laughs> yeah. let's be more grateful for teachers than yes. we've ever been. And that, as you said, you know, their job is not only as an educator, but also a lot of times they're doing some of the work we're doing in their space yes. as well because yes. the needs are everything sissy names. So. We love being able to write and speak to teachers and, and yeah. even talk about in my new book, I talk about creating space where boys can work through their emotions in some healthy, constructive ways. And I love talking with teachers about creating yeah. a calm corner and a space where kids can do that in a classroom yeah. setting. So yeah. as many ideas we hope we can push out to parents and educators yeah. as possible. And grandparents. Yes. 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 And aunts and uncles. Uh, Sissy, I think it's so interesting when I think about, so I taught five years of elementary school and I remember thinking. I can't even imagine what a fun. It was so I, Fun. Can you imagine having no. Annie as your teacher? Now they're all like a blast. 30. They all have their own kids. They're so old, those people. I love them. Aww. But 
I remember there were times where I was like, I am not only teaching the like curriculum, but I'm like teaching them about manners. Yeah. And I'm checking to see if they have lice. <laughs> and mm. I am noticing if they're like, I was so undereducated. This breaks mm. my heart. I had a student who in fourth grade was wetting her pants a lot. Mm. And I didn't know that was signs of certain things. And so it wasn't until two weeks that another teacher said to me, hey, that's more than just something going on in her body. We yes. need to help her. Yes. And so thank God for that other teacher. But there are things like that that I didn't get trained on necessarily and didn't know. Mm. So so I'm hoping and thinking through raising boys and girls. I mean, y'all just give so many like red flag signs mm. <laughs> for educators, for mm. parents, for when we're looking back over the first four seasons, even, mm -hmm. what should we look for to kind of help us with some of the, okay, it's a new school year. How do we see some red flags in kids when they're coming home from school or if I'm with them at school? We're trying to quarterly do episodes now on what kids need right now. So mm -hmm. based on what we're seeing in our offices in this moment. And so we did one of those, even what kids need for the summer. Because, you know, thinking about coming out of the pandemic, we are all kind of done. Yeah. I mean, we've moved out of it. They have not in oh, the wow. same way, and they are still struggling. And so being able to track with them right where they are, I think, is so important and what they need because there are specific things we're even seeing today that we weren't seeing six months ago. No and, way. Yes. And so anything, rule. Yes, yeah. yes. anything that you can kind of latch on to that's happening in the present moment, I think, is really helpful. And then we've got some past seasons that we would say are really evergreen that are so important to go back yes, to. Yes, yes. You're bingeable. That's what I like That's to say. That's very kind. It's very helpful. It's really <laughs> helpful for all of us. David, what are you seeing right now in boys and girls that you didn't see six months ago? You know, I would say we've talked so much culturally about the academic lags we're concerned about with yes. kids. Not as much as I wish we were talking about the emotional and social lags. And we've seen wow. so much evidence of that, of, yes. you know, where kids just missed these opportunities for what we call practice, socially yeah. and emotionally, that they've not had. And Interestingly enough, I had a conversation with a parent of a preschooler who was born during COVID, and uh -huh. the mom was talking about how long they went without being able to have play dates and that they went to the park, and he was playing with another boy, and the boy took a toy from him, and he just started screaming, like just stood and screamed. Yes. She was like, I realized, like, he's not got down sharing because he's <laughs> not had enough practice. That's right, and so that's right. we think about that jump forward a decade, how many conversations I'm having with adolescent boys about how nervous they feel about asking a girl to do a dance because they haven't had practice because yeah. most dances were canceled. Yeah, and so yeah. all the different practice that kids are going to need that they've just had missed opportunities and we're playing catch up. Yeah. Is that what you're seeing in girls too? Yes. You know, it's funny, you know this, we have at Dacer, we have a little summer retreat program yeah, yeah, called yeah. Hopetown. And so living with kids this summer was fascinating for me because I saw things I haven't seen in counseling. And and with the little ones, I saw more entitlement than I've ever seen before. Little oh, girls. Wow. And I think some of that's that same idea. They're not practicing sharing. They're yeah. not having to accommodate the life of other people. So this precious little girl <laughs> that was so anxious about getting on a boat, she got on a boat, she tubed, got off and said, I'm ready to go back to camp now. And we were all out on the lake. Everyone was right. going to get a chance to do, right. but there's no sense of, oh, it's their turn next. And then it's yes, their turn. Yes. And so, and then with the adolescent girls, I saw more attention seeking behavior than I've ever seen this past wow. summer. And I think it was the same idea of, 
I don't know how to get you to pay attention to me or want to be my friend. So I'm going to fake an ankle injury or I'm going to pretend like this has happened or I'm really struggling in this way that maybe I'm struggling a little to get you to respond to me. And, And even in that, all of those things, the having to share, having to let someone else go first, mm-hmm. all those things move kids forward developmentally. And yeah. we're seeing that's what it felt like this summer. The ninth and 10th graders felt like seventh and eighth graders. The seventh and eighth graders wow. felt like fifth and sixth graders. So, and yet what they're exposed to, the oh, ninth and 10th graders are exposed to what I was exposed to in college. Absolutely. Yes. So they're younger yes. than ever emotionally. They're yes. more exposed than ever culturally. Yes. That is the truth. Yikes. Yes. Yes. That is a wild dichotomy to have yeah, to deal with. It is. Good on y'all. Yeah, they, well, and parents, I mean, they need help. They yes. need us to lean in in ways that we've never leaned in before. Yeah. What are you saying to parents when you know that none of us have gone through a pandemic before? Mm-hmm. They don't know either. Mm-hmm. So what's the hope for parents when none of us grownups know how to do this either? Back to that word I use. I keep saying to parents, just keep practicing. Yes. Yeah. Keep practicing. and. Yes. And keep the span of development in in mind that, you know, these kids are not going to play full catch up in six weeks or even six months. But if we're stretching out development and looking at, you know, I always talk about with boys, they're not finishing adolescence at 19. (laughs) 19 to 20 is more for girls. For boys, it's more 23 to 25. And so if we stretch out development, acknowledging he's still finishing out adolescence in that space, we've got a longer runway in front of us to be practicing a lot of these needed skills. Yeah. Sissy, the thinking around listening to a podcast while you're in carpool line, mm-hmm. and then your kids get in the car, right? And you've got eight minutes left. <laughs> Can we finish it in front of the kids? Do we need to not finish listening to the podcast in front of the kids? What's the thought on that? I love the idea of finishing it in front of the kids. Okay. I mean, based on there's certain episodes sure. they might not need to hear, but. I think a lot of them. I had a family years ago. We have one on a season on Are My Kids on Track, yes. which is a book that we wrote about the four emotional, four social, and four spiritual milestones we think all kids need to hit. And I remember a mom coming in to counseling one afternoon and saying exactly that. I was listening. I hadn't finished. My son got in the car. And all of a sudden, we had this great conversation about perspective emotionally yes. Yes. and what it means to regulate our own emotions. And yeah. he said, I don't think I know how to do that like I'm supposed yeah. to. And yeah. So I do think it c- can create some amazing conversations yeah okay boys talk to me David I've never been a boy talk to me (laughs) about when a when a dude gets in a car and his mom is listening to a counseling podcast does she ask a question does she let it sit does she is he really listening (laughs) chances are great he's not that interested okay and if we're in the carpool line if it's at pickup I wouldn't do a lot of talking then yeah and I think Boys expend a lot of energy, mental energy, emotional energy, relational energy throughout the day. And to get in the car and get bombarded with a lot of questions can feel like an interrogation. Yeah. And so I'm a huge advocate of maybe only asking the question like, hey, do you want to just listen to some music? Yeah. I brought a snack. Do you want to just ride home in silence? (laughs) Giving him some space and acknowledging the fact that he's been expending all this energy. And maybe after he has a chance to get a little fuel in his system, go outside and ride his bike, shoot some hoops, then might be a better opportunity to talk and check in. Because, Sissy, my guess is girls will chit-chat given the shot. A little more likely to. Yes. Yes. Until they hit 13 and then they kind of shut down. Yeah. But, yes, younger ones especially. So the older ones, so I'm thinking about our friends who are listening that aren't raising boys and girls. They're raising 
young men and young women. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got 14, 15 year olds. So they aren't carpooling. They yes. don't have this window of time anymore. Now it's she gets home after soccer at six o'clock. They eat dinner. She goes and does her homework and she's back on the bus at seven in the morning. Mm. Is raising boys and girls thinking about older kids, too? Or are we mostly talking about elementary? All ages. Absolutely all ages. Because we feel like teenagers need help just as much as the little ones. And it's more complicated because you can't be as Melissa, who's our director at Daystar and is part of the podcast with us. She talks about to the degree that teenagers can predict you, they'll dismiss you. Wow. And so if they get in the car and we say, how was your day? You know, Uh that's why we get those one word answers. And so thinking about connecting with an adolescent requires more creativity. And so we do talk a lot about those ideas. Really, we try to cater each episode to both ends of the spectrum age-wise. Oh, good. Yes. Okay. That's and really this season that uh, we're we're talking about being so excited about, we're going to have parents who are in the trenches come on in different moments, and we're going to have wow. parents with preschoolers. We're super excited about a conversation with some friends we've got coming up, and they have young adult children. So yes. we're going to be dialoguing with parents of kids yeah. of all ages. Yeah. That's perfect. We're going to take a break right here. And then when we come back from the break, everybody will get to hear a little bit of today's episode, the start of season five. Okay, now back to hear a sneak peek into the newest episode of Raising Boys and Girls. Welcome to the Raising Boys and Girls podcast. I'm Sissy Goff. I'm David Thomas. And I'm Melissa Trevathan. And we're so glad you've set aside a few minutes to spend with us today. In each episode of this podcast, we'll share some of what we're learning in the work we do with kids and families on a daily basis at Daystar Counseling in Nashville, Tennessee. Our goal is to help you care for the kids in your life with a little more understanding, a little more practical help, and a whole lot of hope. So pull up a chair and join us on this journey from our little yellow house to yours. Well, hey, Sissy Goff. Hi, David Thomas. Can you believe that we are starting our fifth season of the Raising Boys and Girls podcast? I cannot believe it, but I'm so glad. I'm so grateful. Me too. It has been such a fun journey, and I feel like we've learned so much. We sure have. We've had some amazing guests on. We have had some amazing people and more amazing people to come. Really incredible people Mm -hmm. we're excited about. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm so thankful people are still listening, or I hope they are. Is anyone listening? (laughs) Wave at us if you're listening. (laughs) I hope they are, too. Lucy's listening. She's listening. Lucy, thanks for being in the room. Lucy, my Havanese puppy, yep. We're excited to talk about what this new season's going to be about. Yes, we are. So should we say the title first? Okay, are y'all ready? Drum roll. (laughs) Raising Emotionally Strong. And Worry-Free. Kids. Woo! Which is based on... Some books that we have had the great privilege of writing. We're excited to talk about those and talk about how we want to translate that content into this new season. Yes. Okay, so let's jump in with yours first because I'm so excited about it. It is a much-needed book in the world and in my world these Mm. days with two little nephews. (laughs) So will you tell them what prompted you to write Raising Emotionally Strong Boys? Tell them the subtitle. And then what prompted you to write this book? And why are we talking about it on a podcast? Both. Great question. The title is Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, and the subtitle is Tools Your Son Can Build On for Life. Oh, that's good. Tools. And then I wrote a workbook for elementary age boys called Strong and Smart, Mm. which is all about helping boys build healthy emotions. And I am super excited about both those things. And, you know, if I were to think about the why of it, I think 
after doing this work for as long as you and I have been doing it, we just see a lot of trends and a lot of the same places, certainly some new places where kids are struggling, but a lot of the same places too. And I think, you know, if I were going to put my finger on, sometimes I'm even asked that in interviews, like, what's the one thing you feel the most concerned about with boys? When I think about all the things I feel concerned about with boys, they do all seem to go back to where I really want to help boys develop strong emotional muscles. I talk a lot in the new book about how boys and adolescent males and adult men lead some of the scariest stats out there. Men lead the stats for suicide and substance abuse, for infidelity and internet pornography, and you know the common denominator being that it's a male's way of trying to numb out whatever it is that he's feeling, that he doesn't know how to work it through, and so he wants to shut it down, numb it out, make it stop. And so I just think about how much I want boys on the front side of development to develop the skills that make it always seem normal to talk about how they feel and to work that through in healthy, constructive ways. So the workbook really is kind of a guide of how to do that for boys. Mm -hmm. And I talk about how my two grandfathers growing up, one of my grandfathers, as you know, was a builder, and I worked for him when I was in high school, and my other grandfather was a fisherman. And I have all these memories of both working with my grandfather, who was the builder, and going fishing with my other grandfather. And I thought about when I was writing the books how, you know, my grandfather, the builder, always had a toolbox in the back of his truck, and my grandfather, the fisherman, always had his tackle box with him. And it's like, any fisherman would never go out on the water without a tackle box. Any builder's not going to show up at a site without the tools he needs. And what would it look like that boys are armed with the tools they need emotionally all throughout life and always have them with them? And so in the workbook, I kind of walk boys through building a tool set, a literal tool set of things that they have on hand for whatever they face in life. And I think that desire to equip boys is the very desire in you to equip girls. So talk a little bit about why you wrote some of my all-time favorite books Mm -hmm. on anxiety and girls. Well, before I do, I don't know that I've ever told you this. Henry, my oldest nephew, is three as we're talking. And pretty soon after he was talking, talking, not just saying kind of random words, but really talking, he started saying, I'm so sad. And when I'm in town, I try to have... Henry and Wit now over for what in Arkansas, where I grew up, we called them bunkin' parties. But, you know, most of the world calls them sleepovers, whatever. Bunkin' party's a better word. So I try and have them over one night a weekend for a bunkin' party. Anyway, so I was standing with Henry and his dad, Aaron, and Henry said something about, I'm so sad. And he slumped his little shoulders. And Aaron looked at me and said, what are y'all doing at the bunkin' parties? And I thought, (laughs) you know what? If that's my legacy, that Henry is learning how to say, I'm sad. I'm so excited about that. Because I have heard you talk about that so much, how preventative it is for boys to learn how to talk about their emotions early on. So we're working hard. At our bunk and parties on. I love that you Emotions are. and boys, yes. So the girls' books, they originated, it's kind of a funny story. The first book came up because we wrote a book that some of y'all know about. It was the first season of our podcast called Are My Kids on Track? And I didn't even remember that I had written this blurb about girls and anxiety and kids and anxiety in general that at that point, which was, David, what year did we write Are My Kids on Track? We got to find it. 2015, I think. How did you know that? Or maybe it released in 2015. How did you know that? Well, I might have made it up. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, okay. So 2015, the statistics were one in eight kids were dealing with anxiety. And I talked in that section about how much more prevalent it was among girls. An editor that we did not know at the time, who we have now come to love dearly, Jeff Braun, emailed me and he said, hey, I just read this blurb. You also talked in it about how the average age of onset was eight. And he said, I was wondering if you would ever write a book for girls, for young girls about anxiety. And of course, doing the work that we do, and as you said, we have done for a long time, my immediate response was not unless I can write one for parents too. Mm. I wrote those books in 2018, I think they came out, or early 2019. I have to look in the copyright section of the book every time. It's terrible. Pre-pandemic, I wrote them. So Raising Worry-Free Girls is for parents, and Braver, Stronger, Smarter is for elementary and early middle school girls. And at that point, I did a deep dive into research on anxiety and read 23 books, I think, to get ready to write those two. And shockingly, so that's probably five years from when we wrote Are My Kids on Track or four to when I wrote those books. The statistics had jumped from one in eight kids to one in four kids with girls twice as likely. And the average age of onset that was eight had dropped to six with Mm. signs as young as four and five. And I think where I also felt so inspired to do it is we just sit with so many parents, both of us, but again, I'm seeing more of it because of girls who are describing a lot of frustration with their kids and using words like angry and controlling and manipulative and demanding those parents feel weary and frustrated as a result, rather than understanding what's really going on underneath those emotions. And like we talked about, we quote our good friend, Tina Bryson, when we had her on and where she talks about all behaviors communication. And so understanding that often what's at root of that for girls is anxiety. And so I'm very excited this season of the podcast to talk more about that. And we're going to talk about it with boys and girls, but what we're seeing that's so prevalent and how can we equip them with tools to handle it on the back side, and what can we do on the front side? Oh, you guys, season five, here we go. I'm so, so honored we get to be part of this work with you. We wow. are so honored to be part of it with you. Well, oh, Join us. What a gift. Y'all are such a gift. It's, it's, it's almost unfair when we share about Daystar in Nashville because so many of our listeners can't live here. Like I even asked y'all when you got here, a friend of mine needs a counselor in another city. She wished they were here. It feels like your resources, like your books and the podcast are the way that you can have global impact Mm -hmm. the way that people are needing. Sissy, will you tell us what books you have that exist right now so that people, when they're looking for resources, know what to look for? Well, I would say the predominant ones I would recommend right now even pertaining to where kids are and what they're needing. Are My Kids on Track that we did together that talks about those milestones, I think is very helpful. I hope it's very helpful. And then the three books I've done at this point on anxiety, one is particularly for girls, about girls, Raising Worry-Free Girls. Then there's one for little girls that's a workbook called Braver, Stronger, Smarter. And then one for teenage girls called Brave. And I have one coming out. In August, that is, I decided to go to the source. August not of that next it's, year? Yes, parents, okay. not that it's your fault, but we're just sitting with so many anxious parents. So yes. I have one coming out called The Worry-Free Parent. Oh, well done. Thank you. Great. I cannot wait for that to yes. be out. so kind. And you have. People are like, for the next 11 months, I just have to live <laughs> with this? Yeah, you got a podcast, everybody. Don't worry. That's right. That's we got right. you a we'll podcast. Talking You'll be fine. About some You'll be fine. There. And yeah, you, David. 
I would say talking about stretching out boy development, I have a book called Wild Things, The Art of Nurturing Boys, where I track boy development from birth all the way into the mid-20s. And then my newest book that you kindly let me talk about on this podcast, Raising Emotionally Strong Boys, I'm really thankful is out in the world. And then wrote a companion workbook for elementary age boys called Strong and Smart. Okay. How many days a week do y'all have? Because I only have seven. And (laughs) y'all are traveling and speaking all the time. Mm. You're writing all the time. You're counseling children and their parents. And you're recording a podcast. So tell me what you have that I don't have. How do you do this? (laughs) We're tired. (laughs) We have gray hair. We have more gray hair than you do. That's right. That's true. Um, Are y'all traveling a lot this fall? We are, we are traveling a lot this fall. Yes. When people bring you in, what are they bringing you in to do? Are they having parents sit with you or what does it yes. look like? Is it conferences? It yes. is. Okay. Parenting and conferences. Parents, educators, grandparents, coaches. It's so fun when churches mm-hmm. or schools will open up their space to the community and say, everybody who cares about kids, let's just come together and have some conversation. Yeah. And we love it. Yeah. Where can we find out about that with your speaking stuff? Raisingboysandgirls.com, our website. would. Perfect take you to everything where we're going to be traveling our books and resources our podcast all the things yes okay great so we'll make sure to link to that because i want people if y'all are coming to their city you know i I want them to be there because the in-person is magic it's fine being with y'all in person is magic okay so tell me what is y'all's hope for the podcast so we talk often about Larry Crabb. Have you ever read yes. any of his stuff? So at some point along the way, he said, if the body of Christ was being the, who the body of Christ is called to be, we wouldn't need counselors anyway, which is what fascinating. You, what do you feel about that? Well, yeah. I love it in some ways. I mean, obviously, there are times we need counselors yeah. and therapists. But I think that's so much of the hope of the podcast is yeah. that we can put tools in parents' hands yeah. that they can do from the moment they hear the episode to start making a difference in the lives of their kids. And so I think that's really our greatest hope is how can we equip, give them, we talk so much about understanding, help, and hope, that it's all three in the lives of families. What do you think, David? What's your hope? Just this week, this mom wrote a note to both of us and sent it to Daystar and said, your voices have been in my ear. Mm. and I feel like you're always in my corner. And that was like the best of compliments. I just thought that's what I want parents to feel from the podcast. Like we're in your corner. We're cheering you on. We're rooting for you. We're throwing out some ideas, uh, and and we want to encourage you. Yeah. Mm. And that, I mean, someone the other day said, what is it about this medium that you love? Mm. And I was like, it is that we are in their ears. Yes. And, And you don't get access like that. Be on a TV show. You don't get access like that in a book because when I, when they're reading our books, that's that's the only thing they can do. They have to focus on that. So we can they can give us 10, 15 minutes, mm. but forty five minutes or whatever while they're cooking dinner or sitting in carpool, and we are their friends right then. Yeah. So, yes. Oh, I'm grateful. Okay, the last question we always ask. And I can't wait to hear your answers because the show is called That Sounds Fun because the network you just joined is called That Sounds Fun <laughs> Network. Tell me what sounds fun to you. Can we both just say joining the network? That was my answer. I'm like, no, being on here. this network sounds fun. In every meeting, I catch myself saying, that sounds so fun all the time. I mean, we, really. That's we, we literally just had a meeting and we brought cake. Y'all like, that cake. was a meeting. Tell the whole truth. You brought cake. And champagne. And champagne. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. You tell the whole truth. It is yes. 10 a.m. And we've been through one bottle already between the whole, all of us, not just the three of us. You see um, why we want to be on the network. That's right. That's right. Okay, so outside of this experience that we're getting to have together, and we are the winners. Let me tell you, the listeners and the network win here. What sounds fun to you outside of this? What you working on or 
What's the fun in your life right now? Well, I have had three trips really close yes, together to in the back. last two weeks. Yeah. One was a fun trip where I got to go on safari to Africa and then two speaking ones. And so right now for me, I'm an introvert that yeah. lives in a very extroverted world. So the most fun thing is sitting on my couch with my dog and watching a show. Yes. Are you, is that what you're going to do this weekend? Are you just sitting home and we nope. have a board retreat at okay, Daystar this okay, weekend? <laughs> so maybe tonight you'll sit at home. Yes. Yeah. Yes. What's the show? What, are you watching anything great I mean, right now? You're going to ask me that. I, I can't think of one that's. Appropriate for sure. I mean, you're allowed to watch whatever you want to watch. You don't have to tell us. Yeah. <laughs> you're a grown up. Yeah. I just watched Loot. Yes, I loved Loot. It was so funny. It's so David funny. I'm not. A, I'm a one. Yeah. On the Enneagram, yeah. so I don't laugh out loud that often, except when I'm around you. And I, Maya Rudolph, made Maya me laugh Rudolph out loud is very a funny lot. Yes. In Loot. Yes. There's the lines she has. They, the writers of that show. Oh. And the dance moves. Oh, <laughs> cousin Howard, I love yes. that guy. Oh my gosh, the whole and and they do a beautiful job. I think this maybe this is where TV's going. That makes me really grateful. Of like, there can be side stories that are that are like the cousin that are very like emotionally mature. Mm, you know, like yes. him sorting out his girlfriend and yes. all that, and their the friendship with Maya Rudolph's assistant is all very like. Oh, that's like very emotionally mature friendships. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I just thought, man, this is this is very good modeling yeah. for us. I love that show too. Yeah, David, what sounds fun to you? I'm going to sound as boring as you, <laughs> <laughs> because my answer is going to be reading. Okay, great. And I'm so curious what you would say to this, but I know a lot of writers who read a lot while yes. they're writing and believe that really benefits their writing. Yes. I can't do that. Like, okay. I can only write and I can't read other things. I think I start as an Enneagram one critiquing myself. Yeah. And look, you don't sound like that. Y'all are so, both ones. Yes. <laughs> you should see us in the me. airport. When we travel together, we are like a machine. <laughs> we could knock someone over when we so fast. I am sure. I am sure. That is so impressive. Yes. Wow. So because I am not reading and writing scenes I feel like I'm playing catch up yeah. and I just started yeah. some fiction which I've not read in months yes. and missed yes so I'm reading is it Turtles All the Way Down <gasps> by John Green yes I love John I, Green oh man I bet you do love John Green because he writes teenagers so interestingly yes he does yes I can't wait to hear what you think about Turtles All the Way Down why'd you pick that one up of all of his I had a great friend who was like this needs to be your next read and I really trust her recommendations yeah. so I was like okay so I'm yeah, only like four chapters in because there's a there's real emotional um, and mental sickness in that book it is we're gonna have a conversation then when I'm done and then I want to know from the two of you do you read while you're writing can you read, I read while you're writing fiction while I'm writing nonfiction you do I cannot okay. read so I'm working on a fictiony thing I cannot read fiction while I'm writing fiction and I can't read trade books like our friends nonfiction yes. books while I'm writing and in fact I don't read I pretty much don't read anybody else while I'm writing so there is no chance because I'm a parrot and I'll accidentally steal mm. and go like oh that sentence was in a book I read this morning yes, yes. and so I have to I That's have to be so really careful time. someone mailed us like three chapters of their book for me to read not someone I know but and just said hey will you just read this and see and, I, and we have to write back and go I can't Mm. I can't read anything that someone writes that isn't published because then if I accidentally write something that looks like that, there's a world where they go, well, I sent you a chapter that said that and now you mm. wrote it. So I can't read what Ooh, people mail sense. us. Do you That's, read when you're writing? Not much. Yeah. Not much for the same reason. Yeah. I feel like I'll start comparing myself and yeah. go down a rabbit hole that's not That is good. so funny. You two ones are like, I'll compare myself. And I'm like, I'll steal it. 
<laughs> it'll help me finish quicker. So I'll be done. And you're like, That's so good. I will judge myself. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> I will hit my word count. That's what I will do if I'm reading someone else's writing. <laughs> That's, so That's so fun. Okay, I cannot wait to hear what you think. Are you reading anything good right now? I'm reading Shannon Nequist. Oh, yes. it's really I guess I haven't learned good. that yet. I'm, yes, finishing book. it up. I have loved book. it. Yes. I've loved I love it. That book too. She's so honest. She's, She's so, so honest. Yeah. yeah. I just started a novel last night that I'm not going to remember the title of, but it's about, it has wardrobe in it, so people can Google it. It's about a little boy who is sick that reads Lion, Witch, and the Wardrobe. And oh. his and it's set in 1950, and his sister goes to Oxford, and so he starts asking all these questions about Narnia, no. and the sister goes and finds C.S. Lewis and starts asking him. No, yeah, I, I'll look up the title and link to it so people can. But I, I mean, I'm 19 percent in, so says my Kindle, and so I have no idea if it's going to be terrible wow. in the end. But so far, it's great. Who's that, that sweet idea? It's by. No, I can show it to you on my Kindle. I mean, I have it on my. I actually have my Kindle here. I can show it to you on my Kindle. Okay, but it is. I, I love novels like that that you're like, mm. oh no, it's 11:20. I was supposed to be asleep an hour yes. ago. Yes, I love that kind of reading. All right, you guys, you're the best. Welcome to the network. You're the best. We're what so excited. What Raising boys and girls. You guys can go subscribe right now. They get new season five right now. Here we go. Oh, you guys, don't you love them? I'm telling you. I, I mean, I know y'all believe me, but I want you to hear me say I don't know two people who have given their lives more truly to helping families than David and Sissy. And so the work they do here in Nashville, this is how it can go global and how it does go global. This is how people and parents and friends and aunts and uncles and grandparents are able to learn from Sissy and David without having to be right here in our town. It's just incredible. This podcast is so good. Okay, go now wherever you are listening to me and subscribe to Raising Boys and Girls. And listen, you can go ahead and leave them a review, rate and review the show, share it with your friends who you know will love it and benefit from it and follow them on social media. It's Raising Boys and Girls. Tell them welcome to the TSF Network. We're so, so, so honored. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. I will do the same. Today, what sounds fun to me, I'm sorry to do this, but it is just true. Dreaming up more shows that could be a part of the That Sounds Fun Network. Hey, you just tell us. Let us know who else should be joining the network. Man, it's such an honor to do this work alongside what we get to do at That Sounds Fun podcast and with our books and speaking. It is an honor to be a part of what the network is doing. I'm just a very small part of it at this point, but man, I'm grateful. They are they are doing some good work across the hall in that office. I'm really thankful for the That Sounds Fun network. Y'all have a great couple of days. We'll be back here on Thursday with a first timer on the podcast, someone I love and respect, Pastor Chad Beach. You guys, it's so good. You're gonna love it. You wanna talk about prayer? We do too. Me and Chad, we'll see y'all here on Thursday. Thursday.